thank you very much for listening again. Our guest today is Caroline Othim. Caroline Othim is a woman. She's a mother, a feminist, an activist, and is the global campaigns and policy coordinator, Africa with GACHE, which stands for Global Alliance for Tax Justice. part of uh, the Six in the Eve podcast series named Women's Realities. Today, we will unpack the whole tax justice movement, but with women rights lenses. Welcome to the show, Caroline. It's so exciting to finally have you here. I have started a journey of understanding some of the concepts that may seem difficult, yet they are key and necessary to our advancement and well-being. So let's just get right into it. Let's start with understanding what tax justice means. Thank you, Cynthia, for having me today. Uh, I'm excited to discuss uh, the topic on tax justice. And uh, in short, tax justice means fairer systems for taxing. That is tax systems that generate sufficient public revenue that uh, ensure this revenue is fairly redistributed and focuses on rebalancing inequalities, for instance, gender inequalities or economic inequalities. And by doing this, it's referred to as uh, progressive taxation, which means higher tax rates for those with more wealth. And so tax justice is really key. It's about uh, a democratic tax system based on the ability to pay and ability to spend and using the resources to fund public services. So public services like health, like education, like uh, access to water and sanitation and such like. When you look at uh, some of the underpinning uh, human rights framework, key among them is the Universal Declaration on Human Rights, as well as the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. And the one that is most relevant to tax justice is the one on uh, the Covenant on Economic, Social and Cultural Rights. They refer to issues such as uh, education, right to education, right to healthcare, right to employment. And this is where tax justice really comes in because these rights require financial expenditure on the parts of government for them to be uh, realized. Because it's important for these rights that I'm talking about to be publicly financed. I think I understand the link between a taxation system or tax justice and financing human rights. And so when we say tax justice for women rights, because you lead campaigns uh, about that, there is even a recent campaign that you actually did. I think the theme of it was make taxes work for women. So when we say tax justice for women rights, does it imply that there are forms of injustice against women as far as taxation is concerned? I'll take you back to uh, some very important protocols and frameworks for uh, non-discrimination of women. And uh, this is um, the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women, popularly known as CEDAW uh, Convention. And we also have the Beijing Platform of Action. Now, these two protocols highlight tax justice as a very key element. 
However, we see really tax breaks to businesses uh, costing uh, countries, particularly developing countries, uh, billions of dollars every year. And this starves uh, public budgets of the necessary uh, money to fund public services. And who really pays the highest price? It's women and girls. All right. When you say that it's women who pay the most or who lose the most, what does that mean, practically speaking? For instance, it is women who are usually in the lower quartile of uh, low-paid workers. It's women who are um, in most precarious jobs and they are in uh, mostly unpaid care work or low-paid uh, work. And at the end of the day, when, um, when uh, public budgets are unable to fund these services, for instance, uh, education, it is women at the end of the day who will bear the brunt because when it comes to privatization and as I said before, they are in the lower percentage uh, of um, uh, wages, then they are unable to pay for privatized uh, services. So in that regard, they'll miss out on the education component. They'll miss out on the life-saving medication or life-saving procedures that would better their position in society. When you look at the current statistics around unpaid care, women spend around two and a half times more time than men performing unpaid care and domestic work. Mm. And this has been exacerbated during this COVID period. We are seeing women really undertaking a lot of domestic uh, work. They're taking on board uh, care work, taking care of those who've uh, gotten sick, taking care of their families. And this is even heightened with the lockdown measures now that women have to stay home. Women sometimes have to work from home. And so we see the line between formal work and uh, the care work at home really being blurred because mm -hmm. you can't separate sometimes if you have child care responsibilities and you also have work deliverables, sometimes it's difficult to manage the two. So women are increasingly taking on board a much more unpaid care work. Do you think there is need for players in these fields, like your kind of work, to try and unpack this concept for general audience to feel included and educated? Uh, you're very right when you say that uh, tax is uh, technical. I can yeah. say not a bit, but technical. And uh, even if tax is a, a technical subject, we are seeing it really becoming a mainstream development issue. We've witnessed a number of corporate scandals. Tax is considered a technical and a very complex issue, and very few people would want to be involved in this conversation. And the fact that it's considered technical, it has also led to the structural and systemic exclusion of the critical voices of those who matter in the discourse. And so, as you say, uh, Cynthia, it's important that players within the tax justice arena really uh, go out there to unpack these concepts. So now speaking about women specifically, we mentioned earlier that you worked on a campaign themed make taxes work for women. What is it that you want? How do you want taxes to work? This campaign really serves as an opportunity for us to be able to highlight 
the key tax issues that affect women. And this also provides us an opportunity to sort of encourage tax justice to be an integral part of struggles for women's rights. Of course, it boils down to the fact that every year, millions, even billions of dollars of public revenues is lost through illicit financial flows, yeah. uh, through tax evasion and tax avoidance by multinational companies. Yeah. And secondly, when you look at our tax policies, some are regressive and discriminatory in nature. And so they have negative impacts on poor people, particularly on women. For instance, the Mbeki High Level Panel Report, and I'm taking you back to that term that you mentioned that makes you know, tax to be considered <laughs> Uh, complex. Yes. Uh, Mbeki High Level Panel Report estimates that Africa loses up to $50 billion annually as a result of illicit financial flows. Double the amount that Africa receives in form of development finance. Can you see the rhetoric in this? Yes, absolutely. Imagine what this amount would do to finance uh, public services. So then we are not we are not poor basically precisely precisely africa is not poor at all africa is a continent rich in resources rich in other aspects however we see uh, systemic loopholes that those in power multinational companies the wealthy elites use those loopholes in order to enrich themselves and in order to siphon resources from the African continent. Uh, you just mentioned the amount of money that is lost in Africa every year. Do you think it would be a good, a good approach to take to say 50 billion actually means A, B, C, D, for example? Yes, and I'll explain it for you. Now, 50 billion US dollars leaving the African continent every year means that that amount is lost and it's stashed away in uh, tax havens where governments are unable to reach it. Now, the 50 billion would help to reduce maternal deaths by approximately 50% annually as it is now. Wow. The 50 billion US dollars would help to put all children in school. All? All children, okay? The statistics wow. from UNESCO shows that around 253 million children are out of school. Actually, I was going to ask you about uh, precisely the COVID situation. How will women be affected by the already unfair taxation system? I would say, how are women being affected? We are seeing a deepening of uh, pre-existing inequalities. We are seeing women and vulnerable groups being the hardest hit by this pandemic. The pandemic has worsened the unpaid care and domestic work, as I said before, as women have taken on additional care roles. We have seen that self-isolation uh, or the lockdown measures that um, governments have put in place has actually led to an increase in domestic violence. And the healthcare systems also in a number of developing countries they are underfunded. The public health care workers, they miss the personal protective equipment, isolation uh, centers, lack uh, ventilators for critical patients. And do you know who suffers the most because of this? Mm -hmm. uh, it's the women. Why? Because women make a majority of the public health care workers. Right. 
when you look at uh, informal settlements, social distancing is impossible, I tell you. Access to clean water, it's unheard of. It's because of the decades of underfunding Hmm. of the public services. When you talk about all these problems that COVID has exposed, I don't know if it's COVID that has brought the problems, but I feel like it has underlined the issues that we already had before. It doesn't feel like any country was really prepared or has done what was right even before. So how come? Is it a global issue or does it affect some more than others? Uh, Despite COVID uh, being a global issue, we see developing countries being affected more. In countries where public goods and services are in the hands of the government, they are much in a much, much better position. The people who work in this field, people like you, other technicians, uh, what is it that you are asking policymakers to do? Uh, as you've said, COVID has, um, has deepened and has revealed some of these uh, inequalities. And so we are saying that uh, the response and recovery measures really need to integrate uh, gender lens and to follow human rights to increase uh, maximum available resources so as not to widen uh, any inequality or uh, social economic gap. And we are asking for a just feminist economy for policymakers to be able to undertake five things, and I'll enumerate them. Governments and uh, all relevant stakeholders need to act to stop the illicit financial flows and harmful tax practices. That's number one. Number two, that governments need to reduce unfair tax burdens on women and to adopt progressive and gender-just taxation. For instance, including new forms of taxation of capital and wealth, so taxing uh, those who are rich uh, according to their ability and uh, also spending the same according to the needs of the people. Number three, I talked about discrimination in tax policies. And so governments need to remove this gender bias and discrimination. Mm -hmm. And they can do this by practicing gender budgeting to ensure that tax revenues are raised and spent in ways that promote gender equality. Can you give me a practical example with this case? What could be gender budgeting? It's about taking women and men's needs and ensuring that they're integrated into the national budget. For instance, we know that uh, women and girls, every month, they usually go through uh, the menstruation process, okay? So how would governments respond in a way that that is factored in the budget? Number two, for instance, when you look at maternal health, it's women who are childbearers. So it goes without saying that governments need to ensure that there is budgetary allocation that goes towards maternal health that would, at the end of the day, improve healthcare service provision for women who are in the childbearing age. I get it. I think you were going to give us the ask number four, if I didn't derail you. You're right. You're right. So ask number four, and we have talked about the unpaid care work. Now, governments need to recognize the unpaid care work that women 
contribute to the economy and to redistribute it. And there are also studies that have suggested that this unpaid care work can also be included in calculating national GDPs. So the gross domestic product is a way for governments to be able to determine how okay, expansionary the economy is or not. Yes. I'm not even sure if that is clear. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think it's fine. Uh, we probably don't necessarily all of us need to understand all the principle of the GDP, but know the work that women do without being paid should be considered in measuring the wealth or the potential income of the country. Perfect. Right. Okay. The last ask is that governments need to increase allocation of tax revenues to go to uh, gender-responsive social services. For education, for water provision, and you know, access to water, Cynthia, is quite an important element. Some time back when I was doing work in rural Kenya, I got through uh, a very sad story. Mm. This woman had gone to the river to fetch water with, um, with her daughter. She had left her four-month-old baby back at home. They went to the river to collect water. They got to the river and they needed to bathe first by the river. So her daughter took water and uh, started bathing and she left the mother getting water from the river. Unfortunately, this woman didn't realize that apparently the log she was standing on was actually a crocodile. Oh, wow. You know? And when she realized that it was a crocodile, it was too late. The daughter had to see her mother being dragged into the river oh. and the mother died. Remember, this woman had left her four-month-old baby back at home. This is a sad story that every other day I usually think about it when I talk about governments being able to provide access to clean water. It's a fact that women really suffer. Obviously, if you have to fetch water in the same river where crocodiles are, the risks are high. And it's, it's not something that we should just be ignoring. Exactly. It's a story that perhaps is replicated all over the world. And that is why governments really need to act and to ensure that uh, these public services are provided for as a human right. What is it that women can do? What can we do right now in everyone's position and capabilities? What is it that men can do? What is it that the community should do or should be doing? All of us, we must work together to be able to hold our governments to account. When you're looking at the social contract, it's about the government being able to provide these services on one hand, and on the other hand, uh, citizens being able to pay their taxes. So when we are paying our taxes, men and women alike, we should be able to determine what our taxes are used for. For instance, at the local level, there are so many government-led initiatives, mm -hmm. and uh, there are usually public participation meetings, are citizens coming out to be part and parcel of the discourse, be involved, be at the forefront. So mm -hmm. for me, it's about ensuring that your leaders are able to hold their end of the bargain. Last question, I promise. Does it feel like it's heavy sometimes to get 
so much change to work for women through policies? Uh, it's not only working for women. It's difficult when you have to also push to ensure that in the global uh, policy making spaces that developing countries are part of that conversation. That is one layer. The second layer is pushing for women's rights. So it's a layer and a layer of work. But each and every day, I'm convinced that we are making progress and we see governments uh, taking much more progressive uh, stance in terms of their tax systems. We are seeing the uh, global uh, policy making spaces really coming up with very progressive uh, resolutions. So I look forward to really growing the movement for tax justice so that all of us are able to advocate for tax justice. All right. I said it was the last question, so I had 10 more, but I'll have to ask you next time. <laughs> Thank you very much, Caroline, for finding time to discuss and, uh, so yes, and tell us all these things. And I'm sure the next time I look for you, you will be willing to come and explain more. Definitely, definitely. Feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to have this discussion again and to explain uh, the different aspects uh, in, in detail. Thank you. Thank you, Caroline. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye, -bye. Bye.